Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Life and powered by our friends at Unabated. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Week 16, it is almost Christmas, and here with me to talk about Thursday night football as well as the week's line moves, key numbers, potential teasers, and maybe a best bet is Peter Jennings, a.k.a. CSE Ram 88 of Unabated. Peter, how's it going? Doing great, Friedman. Excited to be back with you. And yeah, this is a, a wild week of football in, in our line of work. Uh, you know, we have Thanksgiving, that's a busy day. And then the holidays this time of year are extremely busy from a work perspective. So uh, yeah, battling through and uh, yeah, should be a really fun week. It's huge for best ball. Uh, it's cut down to the wire here in the pick'em contest survivors. So should be a lot of fun. Yeah, we've got, of course, Thursday Night Football. We've got the two games on Saturday, a Sunday slate, and then three games, a sort of Thanksgiving-like three games on uh, on Monday, Christmas Day. So uh, a great slate of games we have coming up. And let's start with Thursday Night Football. We have the uh, the Saints on the road playing the Rams. Uh, this you know was four in the look-ahead market favoring the Rams, still four. The total has moved up from the look-ahead and early lines of 44.5 to 46 in the market right now. Pete, is there anything that catches your eye with this game? Yeah, the total of the over certainly catches my eye. I know a lot of groups bet this at 44.5, 45 on the over. Uh, probably still a smidge of value. Uh, some of these places at 46 minus 105. Uh, and a lot of the sharp books are at 46 minus 115. So if you can find some low juice 46s, I think that makes sense. Some markets uh, like FanDuel as we're recording here on Wednesday afternoon, I was already moved to 46 and a half, which seems like where it's going to settle. Uh, right now, it's kind of a lot of 46s, a lot of sharp books at 46 minus 115 on the over. Uh, and it looks like it could get to 46 and a half. So I still think there's a smidge of value, but definitely no groups that uh, bet the 44 and a halfs and 45s up to this 46 number. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be touching this at the 46 and a half. I've projected a little over 45. I lean towards the Rams in this spot. I was uh, at 4.4, but that's probably not enough to get me to to bet it either way. Uh, I do have a prop that I will talk about in a second. But before that, is there any prop that uh, you have your eye on for this game? Yeah, it's an interesting spot here. Generally, we, we like to take uh, unders in these spots, but uh, I do like some scoring in this game. And uh, Cooper Cup, to me, looks like he's kind of starting to come on strong. So I'm interested in some Cooper Cup numbers. Uh, right now, most of the market's at like 73, 74, 75. There's a 68 and a half out there at Sugar House at minus 115 on the over. I love the over 68 and a half receiving yards for Cooper Cup. Uh, he's not, you know, prime Cooper at this point in time, but he looks a lot healthier. He's out there a lot more. So, uh, that's part of the reason I think that the line is moved this way is the Rams offense is really clicking and Cooper cup being healthy, I think is a, a really important, important part of that offense. So I like Cooper cup over 68 and a half minus 115, uh, given a lot of the markets kind of in the 73, 74 range at this point in time. All right. So, yeah, I like that one. That one is interesting. Uh, I mean, the sun is back. This is just ridiculous for the people who are watching. I need to set up the the cardboard in a different position. Anyway, the the prop that has my attention here for Thursday Night Football. Uh, Lucas, I don't even know how to say his last name. Lucas Havrachik, the kicker for – I'm going to a kicker prop, the kicker for the Rams – his uh, prop number is one and a half, and it's juiced to like minus one fifteen thereabouts. This is a smash over for me. Um, I would love to include this in single game parlays, anything like that. But uh, 
the Rams are the number one team in the league in field goal attempts per game at uh, 2.9. And this is like a longstanding thing with the Rams. Like McVay is like for as innovative as he is uh, as a schemer, he is the type of conservative play caller who is more than fine with settling for the points taking points and in part it's you know because they have a good offense that can get in field goal range pretty consistently uh and then he's just fine letting his kicker do his thing so uh the rams again number one in the league in uh attempts field goal attempts per game in every game he has played this year uh Havercik has gone over two and a half or has gone over two field goal attempts uh in every game but one so one and a half uh, made field goals. It feels so stupid to be talking about kickers, but this just screams value right here. And the Saints are middle of the road in terms of allowing uh, field goal attempts against them. So very much am onto this prop here. All right, Pete, I want to ask you about the slew of quarterback injuries that we have this week, uh, because that has impacted a lot of the line moves that we have seen to this point. So Trevor Lawrence, potentially out with a concussion. Uh, CJ Stroud, potentially out with a concussion. I think it's likelier than not that Stroud is out with a concussion. Kenny Pickett, probably out with the ankle injury, and the Steelers are pivoting from Mitch Trubisky to Mason Rudolph. Geno Smith, returning from the groin injury that has had him out for the past couple of weeks, uh, an upgrade, but in my opinion, not all that much of an upgrade over Drew Locke. Uh, the Falcons pivoting once again from Desmond Ritter to Taylor Heineke as the starter. Zach Wilson with a concussion. I think it's likelier than not that he's out, although it's not certain. And it's not also totally certain who would start after him. I believe it would likely be Trevor Simeon, but I would say that's not 100%. Will Levis with the ankle injury, uncertain if he's playing. Also uncertain if it would be Tannehill who would uh, come in as the starter or if they would try out uh, Malik Willis one more time. Uh, and then Sam Howell with the Commanders. He could get benched in the middle of the game. He got benched middle of last game. I know that they say he's going to be the starter, but I think he could be on a, a pretty short leash, especially given that Jacoby Brissett behind him looked really good last week. What are your thoughts on the quarterbacks that we see here and the potential injuries and just changes uh, that we have at the position this week? Well, the most impactful by far is Trevor Lawrence uh, of these quarterbacks. That's a huge move. You know, that's worth quite a bit to this game. And we've kind of already seen the market adjust uh, given the concussion for, for the Jaguars. So that to me is the one that's really worth monitoring. And, you know, concussions are kind of tricky, especially if he gets good to play. He'll probably be fine. Um, you know, this game's kind of around a pick em. I would expect the Jaguars to be three, three and a half point favorites uh, if he's ruled in. Um, maybe three and a half is too strong, but but close to a field goal. In this spot, uh, I think the market's projecting that he is unlikely to play. Uh, there's more uncertainty there than there is someone like Stroud, who's also super important. But uh, I, it's basically at this point seems like he's not going to play. I feel like it's 90% plus that he is not going to play. Uh, there are some reports that he was deemed out, but I'm not sure that those are official already. So uh, that's the most impactful one by far is Lawrence. And then a lot of these aren't that meaningful, like Zach Wilson to Trevor Simeon. I'm not certain who's better out of those quarterbacks. Obviously, Zach Wilson's a little more high upside with his athleticism, but uh, Simeon's a better game manager, and that's who I would assume would start for the Jets. Uh, the Heineke versus Witter stuff is super interesting. Ritter's made some really, really bad plays uh, throughout the year, some horrible turnovers. Heineke hasn't been much better, but 
Atlanta's strength is more at the line of scrimmage. Their defense has been pretty solid. Arthur Smith's been maddening for fantasy owners. So who knows what happens there? Uh, Geno Smith, you know, I definitely think is an upgrade, but Locke looked pretty, pretty damn good. Broke my heart uh, on Monday Night Football. Uh, so I don't think there's much of a difference. I know you have some numbers on these, but like, yeah, to me, Lawrence is the one that's really, really meaningful. And if you can catch some big line movement on these, then I think that's worth monitoring. The other one that I want to mention is Tannehill playing. I'd be interested in the Titans uh, with Tannehill playing. I, I think it's really close. Levis has been impressive, but I've always been kind of more bullish on Tannehill uh, than most. And I, I think, you know, the Titans are, are probably a pretty... Pretty decent team, regardless of who's at quarterback. And I think the line's pretty fair either way. It'll be kind of between the two and a halfs that are low juice or the threes, uh, depending on what happens there. So what's your read on these quarterbacks? And do you disagree with any of my takes? I think I agree uh, pretty much with everything that you said there. The Obviously, the Lawrence to Bether drop-off is pretty significant. I have that as uh, a 4.2 uh, point difference. And by the way, we have a quarterback uh, against the spread value chart at Fantasy Life that people can check out where I have for all of the starters and the backups, the difference in calculation between uh, the two against the spread there. But yeah, that is a, a massive difference between Lawrence and Bethard. And, you know, Bethard, like he's a he's a veteran professional, but there has been a pretty big drop off between what he did early in his career when he was with the 49ers and under head coach Kyle Shanahan and what he's done the past three years when he's been in relief with the Jags. So I think that's a big drop off Stroud. Uh, I think it's very likely that he's out. I want your thoughts on this one because I have this projected as only you know around a two point drop off from Stroud to Keenum. And that feels light to me. Like it feels like Stroud should be worth more against the spread. And I think if you look at the market, the market is valuing him as if he is more against the spread, but just based on like the numbers that I am using here, um, it comes out to Keenum is only a, a two point downgrade. Um, you know, the rest, I think somewhat negligible, uh, in terms of, you know, like Pickett to Rudolph, you know, Smith to, uh, or lock back to Smith. Like all of that is like within a point of each other. Um, I do think Tannehill is an upgrade on Levis. I have him as a one-point upgrade. But what are your thoughts on Stroud versus Keenum? Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind, and I know you, you've you've converted these to points, but broadly, when you're evaluating the difference between quarterbacks, you want to think in terms of percentages because yeah. you know certain points are worth a lot more. Four, four and a half to five and a half is worth a lot less than you know three to two and a half or whatever. So there's you can do a lot of the calculations actually at unabated too as, as well, which I think is really helpful, but. From a percentage standpoint, yeah, I would think Stroud's worth a little bit more uh, than what the market's saying. Keenum is a great game manager. I just think the Texans roster as a whole, they've had just some brutal beats. I mean, Stroud's injury, Tank Dell's injury, Nico Collins with the calf. I'm I'm concerned that he's going to be okay for this week. Um, so they're just dealing with a lot of uh, injuries on the offensive side of the football from their explosive players. So it's just a, a different game plan, and they have to get kind of a different utilization out of their playmakers, um, given that they're their top guys and Stroud, who's a really aggressive quarterback. So I I, I lead Cleveland in this game, um, but it's close. I mean, there's some interesting line movement so far. Uh, but yeah, I do think Stroud is quite good. And it'll be interesting to see how much he's worth the spread going forward. He's had an incredible rookie season. And I do think uh, he is someone to kind of just monitor uh, in terms of his value. I could see him being one of the top four or five quarterbacks to the spread in the coming years. Uh, right now, it's certainly not priced that way. But to me, it seems like he's heading in that direction. I very much agree with that sentiment. And if there were a market now, 
for MVP next year, I would want to be on Stroud. I mean, not, I'm not saying it like yeah. any number, but like I would want to be invested in Stroud. Uh, and I, I think he's going to keep, continue ascending. Uh, this is assuming that they're able to keep Bobby Slowick, but even if they're not, I still want to be invested in Stroud. Uh, I think with all of the quarterback uncertainty, there could be a lot of uh, interesting possibilities um, in picks contest this week. So that is something that uh, is kind of on my mind. I still haven't used my skip week yet. So it's either this week or next Uh week. Um, you know, so given all the quarterback uncertainty that will factor into, you know, whether I use the skip week or not, um, I won't be playing on Thursday night football, uh, you know, just to give myself a little more leeway in making that decision of whether this is the skip week or not, but it might not be if I think that, you know, I see there's value created in specific lines based on, you know, quarterback we thought was going to be out is now in or, you know, anything like that. So this will probably uh, be the main determinant in what happens for me this week in picks contest. All right, some other games that have been impacted uh, with line moves, uh, but not really impacted because of quarterbacks. Uh, the game that stands out to m- the most to me here is Bills at Chargers. Uh, in the look-ahead market, this was Bills favored by 9.5, 10. This opened at 13.5 to 14. On Monday and Tuesday, it got... <laughs> got bet down to 10 and a half and then now it is back up to 12 12 and a half and I think this will be a really curious kind of direction in terms of where this ultimately settles here and then also the total on the look ahead this was 41 it opened at 42 and a half it's been bet up to 44 and we might see it continue to move higher what are your thoughts on the markets for this game well, Keenan Allen's a big, big, big part of this. Uh, not many receivers are worth a significant amount to kind of a team. And I think he is one of the, the really impactful players uh, on the Chargers. So that's a big injury to follow. Uh, actually, I haven't seen it be practiced today, but I know he didn't practice yesterday. Uh, and yeah, the Bills are ascending and the Chargers now are in a spot where they're, uh, they have incentive to lose. But at the same time, now that they fired the coach, Uh, That generally, when we saw this with the Raiders earlier this year, that's generally a very positive thing for teams in season. When a team's playing poorly, fires the coach, almost always you see kind of a bounce back from that team. Uh, Players are playing for their job. Obviously, they want to put good tape out there. And broadly, when a coach is fired, I think that kind of fires up the locker room. Uh, So that's one reason to be kind of interested in the Chargers. And I think part of the reason we saw the line movement off of 14 uh, but yeah, the Bills are ascending. The Bills, from a power ranking standpoint, are right there with the Ravens uh, for a lot of people in terms of the best team in the AFC. Um, I think it's really interesting between those two teams, the Dolphins, and then, of course, the Chiefs are still lurking with Mahomes and that defense. So, yeah, Buffalo is squarely in the mix. They have they need to keep winning these games. And, um, yeah, I think the market's pretty fair right now. I, I would I would think that this line probably closes around 13, 13 and a half. What, what's your view and what do you make this game? Yeah, I think 13 and a half, 13, 13 and a half is where it should close. I have it projected right now at around like around 13, just a little under 13. Um, but from a like vibes perspective, uh, I'm I'm very much on the bills in this spot. And that's probably not the best way for me to be making a bet. But uh, I, I can probably talk about this one later. Actually, I won't use this one as my best bet, but I do very much like the bills in this spot. Um, the Chargers. Like I understand the uh, the situational spots that would very much attract sharp betters, 
And so I understand why this went from 13 and a half to 10 and a half early in the week. As you mentioned, the big bounce back, you know, opportunity uh, with like the dead cat bounce here um, with firing the head coach, the Chargers at home with extra time coming off of Thursday night football. Uh, very much like by low spot after they you know suffered a horrendous 63 to 21 loss to the Raiders and something of a sell high spot on the bills after they had back-to-back wins against the Chiefs and the Cowboys so like all of that situationally I think would attract sharp betters but I just kind of don't care about it um like as you mentioned the bills are surging and I think the Chargers will probably continue to charge her. And I don't think we're going to see Keenan Allen return for this game. Like he has very little incentive to rush back when he's not a hundred percent. And he's clearly not a hundred percent. He didn't practice at all last week. In previous weeks, he had been sitting out practice uh, for most of the week and then getting in a limited session and then playing through the injury. So I think we're not going to see him this week. I think that ends up mattering quite a bit. Uh, the Chargers, you know, without their starting quarterback, I think they could be just a disaster for, you know, the next few weeks here. And in their eight wins, the Bills have an average point differential of 18.9. Like when they win, they are blowing teams out. So uh, I just I am very skeptical that we're going to see Easton stick throwing to whoever able to keep pace with the Bills on offense. And the Bills defense has improved quite a bit recently uh, as they've gotten used to uh, the injuries that they had early in the season or like figured out how to maneuver around the injuries to key players. So I am on the bills in this spot. uh, And I think the number will continue to move up from here. Uh, All right. One other game. I want to get your thoughts on Arizona at Chicago. This was in the look ahead market minus three. It opened at four and a half. It is still four and a half. We have this game between like two teams that, you know, aren't that good, but maybe the bears are like a clear tier above the Cardinals, but maybe not. Do you have any thoughts on this one? I think the line's really fair. I mean, I think these teams are pretty close. Bears are at home. Uh, you have some volatility at quarterback with fields and, and Kyler. Um, bears have been playing better football. Definitely had a real shot to beat the Browns. I mean, that Hail Mary could have gone their way and just kind of the way that game played out, they were definitely the better team in the first half. So uh, I think the Bears are, are a better team, and I think it's pretty fair uh, around four points. Uh, I, I, you know, four and a half. I'm starting to get more interested in the Cardinals. Uh, most of the market's at four, but uh, yeah, I think that this line's pretty fair. Definitely at three. I mean, it, the whole world wanted to bet the the Bears there, and that market moved super fast. Uh, you know, when when those lines were more liquid. So, uh, yeah. and I shouldn't say super liquid, but like basically when anyone can make like a reasonable bet, like the opening limits, you just saw that line like scream to four, four and a half, and then it's kind of settled at four. So I think that's pretty fair. What's your view? Do you have a lean between these two teams? Yeah. I mean, I lean a little bit towards the Cardinals at this point. I have this projected around three and a half. So like, it's not enough, like the four, four and a half to three and a half isn't enough to make me bet it. But the fact that it moves so quickly from three to four, four and a half, uh, I think does kind of speak about like the market's sentiment, maybe on the bears, but then also against the Cardinals in this spot. So just wanted your thoughts there. Some games that are on or near key numbers, uh, Seattle minus two and a half at Tennessee, Cleveland minus two and a half at Houston, the Jets minus three uh, hosting the Commanders. The Lions minus three hosting the uh, actually not hosting. I think at the um, at the Vikings. 
the Broncos favored by six and a half hosting the Patriots and then the Chiefs at 10 hosting the Raiders. Anything stand out to you in those games in terms of like, this is at a key number. If you're interested in it, maybe bet it now or the market might move, but thoughts on, on these games at key numbers and kind of how to, how to play it. So Tennessee is the one that I'm most interested in because I think if, if this line gets to like some really good plus threes for Tennessee, I am super interested in that on the assumption that that, that would happen with Tannehill coming in. I really think Tannehill is still quite competent. He's been a very good quarterback for this team. And, you know, Burks has come back. He looked pretty solid last week. Uh, I know it hasn't been, you know, Derek Henry's common December, but like this is a team that, you know, recently beat uh, the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. And they're a really well-coached team. And I don't think there's a big drop-off at quarterback. And I could see this line moving to three, especially with Geno ruled in and, uh, you know, basically the Titans having to start Tannehill. And I don't know if that's what's going to end up happening. You know, it's still early in the week. We don't know what's going to happen uh, with Levis. But uh, to me, that's the most interesting spot where, you know, basically the line moves towards Seattle. And I don't think the, it's a huge upgrade to go to Geno. And I don't think it's a huge upgrade or downgrade to go from, from Levis to, to Ryan Tannehill. So that's the one I'm most interested in. Um, the rest of these are pretty fair to me. I mean... The Jets, I, I've lost so much money betting the Jets this year. I, I probably will be on the Jets again this week, and it just, gosh, I don't, I don't know. Talk, would you ever lean on that game? Like, uh, have you had any? Have you had success betting against the Jets? I hope you've made some money uh, betting against the Jets. You know, I've actually stayed away from Jets games in general, and it's not even. It wasn't like anything intentional. Uh, it was just I never really saw a lot of value for or against them. I think the only game in which I got involved with the Jets was when they were hosting the Eagles um, and they they won that game. But, um, you know, that was basically just like, hey, their offense is playing good enough and their defense is incredible. And I feel like that is probably still the general thesis for why someone would invest in them at this point. But I cannot do it. Like I, uh, I'm showing some value on the commanders in this spot. I haven't bet them yet because I just kind of don't want to be betting on the commanders, but there's no way I would be betting on the jets in this spot. Like I just, and this is maybe, um, just like some sort of response, like traumatic response that I've had to how like the betting has gone for me this year. Like, I don't want to be betting on bad teams as favorites and the jets, despite their defense are still very much a bad team at this point. And with their quarterback uncertainty, you know, I don't think whether it's Wilson or Trevor Simeon, I don't think that matters all that much against the spread. I think they're roughly interchangeable. Simeon actually might be a little more competent as a, like a down to down game manager. Um, but, you know, thinking of the jets on their number four quarterback being favored by three points when Jacoby Brissett has a chance of coming into the game, like that would make me very nervous to bet on the Jets. So I'm I'm very much against them in this spot, but not against them enough to where I have bet it. But I'm thinking about the Commanders here. Yeah, we'll probably be on the Jets and we'll probably lose again. So. Hopefully that's not the case. I, I, their defense is awesome, but man, their offense has just been so abysmal. And last week against the Dolphins, 
Uh, you saw that line move really steam. We were kind of ahead of that. Uh, had a lot of Jets plus nine and a half. And the offense literally just put the defense in the worst situation, like right off the bat. Um, so it's hard betting the Jets and they can't move the ball. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at some some of these games here that are in the teaser zone, you have Pittsburgh plus two versus Cincinnati, Tennessee plus two and a half versus Seattle. That feels like a great one if it stays at, at two and a half. If it goes to plus three, uh, even even better. Uh, Houston plus two and a half uh, hosting the Browns, and then the Cowboys plus one and a half at Miami. What stands out to you on these potential teaser legs? Oh, there's a, this is a great teaser week. I mean, the Colts are also there. Um, I have some Colts at plus one and a half, minus 118, uh, and then a beta teaser tool that shows a 1.6% edge. Jacksonville plus one and a half, teased to seven and a half. There's a Jacksonville plus one and a half, minus 120 out there. That's a 3% edge. Dallas, I think, is going to be super popular in teasers. Uh, that shows an edge. So I love those those spots. And you mentioned a couple others that are right there. I mean, any of these, like, you know, plus one and a half to two and a half range is just you're just crushing on these uh, Wong teasers. So it seems like a great teaser week. Hopefully it plays out that way. And uh, yeah, I think Dallas will probably be the most popular of these uh, teasers, but they're certainly good in my eyes. Uh, I don't have a strong lean on that game, but I, I definitely like teasing the one and a half to seven and a half. So uh, yeah, it's an awesome teaser week. And I, I hope that a lot of this stays. And I do think Jacksonville in particular is a really good one to try to grab earlier than later, just because we have uncertainty with Lawrence and, it's going to look good either way because I don't think this line gets to like three uh, with Beathard starting. I think the market's basically pricing Lawrence out. Uh, so if you tease it now, I don't think there's much downside. And there's a little bit of upside that Lawrence gets cleared and you got it in super good with a teaser with Jacksonville. All right. Yeah, agree with all of that. And the Cowboys at plus one and a half, that, that is probably my favorite. Although I, I also really do like Tennessee plus two and a half there. Um I think the Tannehill bump is is something that could really help drive. And I, I could see like the Titans winning that game outright. Uh, all right. I want to get your thoughts on a game we haven't talked about yet, which I think is, you know, game of the week, potential game of the year. Baltimore at San Francisco, uh, the Christmas nightcap. Both of these teams are the number one seeds in their conferences. We could have a potential MVP showdown with Brock Purdy going against Lamar Jackson. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, definitely. If I had to pick a Super Bowl, this would probably be it right now. I think these are the two best teams. You know how I've been on the Ravens all year. And right now, I, I, if I had to take a side, I'd take the Ravens, but I think it's pretty fairly priced. I mean, San Francisco is definitely the best team in the NFL. Uh, they're at home here. Uh, they should, would probably be close to a field goal favorite uh, on a neutral field, and that's you know not fully priced in here. Um, maybe it'd be two and a half, which is kind of what the market's saying. Uh, so I, I think it's pretty fairly priced. If I had to bet one way, it'd be the Ravens. I think there's going to be a lot of money on the Niners. Uh, I'd be more interested in the Ravens at like plus six than kind of where the market is now. But man, this is going to be an awesome football game. Lamar's been awesome all year. It doesn't show up in the stats. because They've had so many rushing touchdowns. But uh, yeah, I, I really think this will be a lot of fun. And the 49ers, I mean, they're on a roll. They got, they're healthy. Um, they're a top heavy team. They have some of the best players in the NFL on both sides of the football. And uh you know, they can keep those key players healthy. They're in a really good position. So I think this is going to be awesome. I think Purdy's a pretty big favorite. He's minus 150 to minus 200 in the MVP markets. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, and basically, as long as they don't get blown out here, I think Purdy's in a pretty good position to, to keep the MVP. So, uh, yeah, any any awards bets here? You have a lean? You Maybe get, maybe get some Lamar? I, I have some Lamar tickets already, so I'm hoping that he does something special. But, 
yeah, I think the line's somewhat fair. Uh, I do like the over um, in this game. I think that this game could have a lot of points. Uh, but outside of that, I don't really have a strong lean on the side. What about you? So I have uh, I have Brock Purdy 50-1 to 1 to win MVP from the offseason. Oh, baby. So I'm, I'm very much, you know, invested in the idea of Purdy continuing to do what he's done. Uh, and I, I did hedge with Lamar this week, just in case, but I, I don't feel as if Lamar has had an MVP caliber type of season. He hasn't had a bad season. It would just be a very down MVP type of year, unless he's awesome for the next three weeks, you know, like that would kind of have to be the caveat. I think like from Lamar to win, he has to win this week and he has to look very good doing it. And then he has to win the week after that. Like he has to win out. Um, and so instead of betting on MVP for Lamar, uh, if you liked Lamar at this point, I would maybe just bet on the money line for the Ravens for the next three weeks. Cause I, I think that would maybe end up being, uh, a little bit more than like the five to one that you could get in the market. But, um, yeah, I I lean towards uh, actually the Ravens in this spot uh, from the spread perspective. I think that this should be uh, closer to like four and a half. And Lamar, like, okay, I'll just say like situationally, it's a good spot for the 49ers. They're at home. They're facing an East Coast team that's playing its second straight game on the road. The travel situation isn't great for the Ravens, but Lamar historically has done great in spots like this as a road underdog he's eight and one against the spread for his career in the regular season uh six and three on the money line as a road underdog in the regular season so i am hoping that the 49ers win but i think the ravens keep this to a field goal type of game and i bet this in the look ahead market at plus six like that that's the number love them at plus six don't like this so much at five and a half five but still i think it's bettable at five and a half yeah also keep in mind and I, again a lot of these stats can be noisy this one makes sense intuitively just because lamar's such a unique quarterback but against the nfc teams she's 17 and one <laughs> against NFC yes. teams since uh 2018 so it's just like something special about him and uh, yeah. i agree from an mvp perspective uh he's just had so many t- touchdowns vultured by the array of running backs that they've had this year around the goal line so if he had more touchdowns i think he'd be you know more firmly in the mvp race and he's gonna have to do something super special you know 100 yards rushing 300 yards passing you know maybe four or five total tds in this game to like really get in the conversation because if the ravens win this game in a big fashion with him having a great game you know they'll be the likely one seed and uh if purdy doesn't play well i i, I do think that'll tighten the race, but basically all, all other outcomes, like a close game where he doesn't go ham. Um, obviously if San Francisco wins, I think Purdy's like basically a lock at that point. So uh, yeah, I think you're looking really good with a Purdy uh, MVP uh, there. And, and I'm hoping Lamar has a good week. I have some of him in the, the best ball stuff. So we'll see what happens. All right, there you go. So best bet here, or maybe not best bet, but a bet that we like right now. Is there anything out of the games that we've talked about, uh, you know, things that you're seeing right now when you're looking at the unabated odds page or any of the tools that you guys have, anything that stands out that you feel comfortable with right now? 
Yeah, I really, I think there's a couple spots that look really interesting to me. The, mo- the most enticing is this under on the Jacksonville game versus the Buccaneers. Uh, and there's there's some under 43 and a halfs out there. A lot of the market's at 42 and a half, but like Sport Trade had a 43 and a half. Um, I love TZ. This is the game I want to bet early. Um, I, I think that that number is going to come down a decent bit uh, if, if Lawrence is out. Uh, if Lawrence is in, obviously it's not as good of a bet, but that's why I like that teaser too. So it's like, basically you're kind of hedged uh, on the Lawrence news and I'm assuming that he's probably going to miss. Um, and I do think that this total broadly comes down to like the low forties versus kind of where it's sitting now. So under 43 and a half uh, on sport trade uh, is something that I really like right now. What about you? I like the Broncos uh, six and a half point favorites hosting the Patriots. And like, this is, I think, kind of near that category of I don't like betting on bad teams as favorites, but I don't think the Broncos are like quite a bad team. I think they're just like uh, like a mediocre team, like definitionally like a, a middle of the road team this year. But I have a really low opinion of the Patriots. By the way, I'll just say I haven't bet this yet because uh, I want to see the early injury report for the Patriots, although I actually don't know how significant that's going to be because like, what am I going to learn by looking at a Patriots injury report? Like it's uh, like going to have everyone listed as questionable basically. But uh, if I see this start to move towards seven across the industry, I'll probably grab a remaining six and a half, but the Broncos are at least at home. They have an extra day to rest and prepare for this game. The Patriots have a terrible offense, you know, number 30 in the league in EPA and they're injured on offense as well. Left tackle Trent Brown was out last week with an ankle and a hand injury and an illness. And then his replacement swing tackle, uh, Connor McDermott, he exited the game early with a concussion left guard. Cole strange exited the game early with a knee injury. And so did Hunter Henry, uh, the tight end, he exited with a knee injury. And then of course, number one running back Ramondre Stevenson was out and they were also without uh, wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. And I don't think Juju matters all that much, but like they don't have much going on at wide receiver anyway. So you have all of those injuries on offense for the Patriots. And I don't think it's likely that all of those guys are out this week, but I kind of at least want to see what's happening with the injury report for them before I make a bet on this game. And then also, I just think the Patriots defense is overrated. Like it's awesome against the run number one in rush EPA, number one in rush success rate, but subpar against the pass, like number 21 in uh, EPA, number 23 in success rate uh, and drop back. So I think this Patriots team, as bad as it is, um, probably is still like overvalued just a smidgen in the market based on the injuries that they have on offense and the fact that on defense, they're just not actually that good against the pass. So I have this projected on the other side of seven. So getting it at six and a half, I think, presents some value there. Pete, I know you are a Broncos fan. Do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I lean Broncos too. I think this line probably closes at seven. Um, not quite as bullish as you are on this spot, but I do think it's it's right, and I think the Patriots are a bad team. The concern is that this could just be a really ugly game, and you know, getting seven points in a really low-scoring affair is quite a bit. I mean, if the Broncos turn it over, um, you know, make some some mistakes, uh, the Patriots could be right there. But yeah, they're they're a bad team, and. Um, I do think that this line will get around seven. Um, it's also really nice here in Colorado this week, um, which I think favors the Broncos, given that they're going to be better at passing the football. Um, so that that's another kind of feather in your cap uh, for the Broncos. I'll make sure that that's still the case. But yesterday here is 65 degrees. And when I looked, uh, certainly no white Christmas coming. 
Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe so. Looks like maybe some snow on Sunday. Uh, so maybe I'm totally wrong on the on the weather here. But when I was looking earlier, it looked like it was going to be decent weather for the Broncos. Either way, uh, I definitely would bet the Patriots. Uh, and I think this line probably closes at seven. So six and a half is a, is a good bet. All right, boom. Everyone go check out everything at Unabated. The, uh, the Massey Peabody Power Ratings, which are updated following week 15. They do show uh, San Francisco number one. The Ravens number two with, uh, you know, a little bit more than two points of difference between those two teams. So it could be a very good game that we have on Christmas night uh, between those two teams. Pete, anything special planned for Christmas? Oh, you know, sweating games and, and working on the holidays. Uh, my wife's going to be super happy. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We'll have family over. My daughter is uh, almost three. She's obsessed with Christmas. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, it's nice to have NBA and NFL games uh, on the holidays and just hang out with family. So I'm looking forward to it. What about yourself? Uh, just going to try to relax, you know, just uh, have the fire going. Maybe some some uh, some football in the background, but it will probably be Christmas movies, uh, knowing how things tend to go in the power dynamic in this household. But uh, that will be fine, too, and I'll just be tracking the games on my phone or computer. But, uh, yeah, just looking forward to it, trying to enjoy it, and staying warm. So, all right, have a great Christmas, everyone. Enjoy uh, all the fantastic football that we've got coming up for this week. It is really a magical time of the year. That is going to do it for this week 16 overview edition of the Betting Life podcast powered by Unabated. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends. Join the Discord. See all of our bets in the free Fantasy Life Bet Tracker and follow us on social media at CSE Ram 88 and Matt F. The Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.